0: investing in rental property for beginners, how to actually get started with little out of pocket up front. Hey guys, welcome to the mortgage guide podcast where it's my job to dissect some of the most interesting mortgage challenges. Whether you're a first time home buyer or a seasoned real estate investor, I guarantee you'll get some good nuggets away from every episode. Today we have special guest Tyler Atchison. We've been working on some things together and and I thought it was super interesting to to kind of talk it out a little bit because we just got done doing a a refinance on a property. And it's a super interesting situation because of the way that everything came together. Here's the thing. So there's a lot of first time investors that reach out to me wanting to get into real estate and like get into investing and stuff like that but they don't even like they're so ambitious but they 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 don't own their their primary residence yet they they might even be rent free so what's interesting about your situation is that you, you know you were patient you first you bought your primary residence eventually converted that into a rental property and that was actually your first investment property right. technically as a uh, from a rental standpoint probably one of the more interesting things too is how did you know, can you kind of like, first of all, how did you find this property, and then how did you acquire it?
1: I found it on Craigslist and got a hold of these people. Figured out that they basically just wanted to get rid of the place, so it didn't make it very hard for me to kind of make a couple different offers. And all we had to offer was some cash and a motorcycle and a camper. And that's what you think is how pretty awesome about it. It was cash from from us to the seller was $2,000. Yeah. So we, we came off $2,000 and we ended up with a, with a house that, that if you saw the house, it was bad. Right. It was in bad shape, but it's a house. Yeah. It still has all of the opportunity of a house.
0: As soon as you brought it up that you were even thinking about doing I was like, dude, that's crazy. Like, that's amazing. You're gonna trade a couple toys and a couple grand in cash, and you're gonna have a house let's go, dude. Rock and roll. And you had the courage to actually take it on, to to do all the work that it took to get it. So can you kind of like paint a picture, like the condition of it when you bought it?
1: Yeah, it was, well, my wife was, she was very pregnant. We were about to have our second child. And you're
0: how old at this point?
1: 26, I think. Okay. She was so pregnant that like we walked in the door and she just walked back out. So it was just a complete rehab it needed everything done to it we, everything yeah so electric plumbing
0: literally plumbing got out. the entire thing down yeah. to the studs yeah and it was built in the early 1900s
1: 1901
0: did your own i mean did everything took what a couple years a
1: couple years chipping away and that's a, kind of like what you're saying it's starting from scratch it doesn't for most people you can't do something like this overnight it's or even in a in six months you can't do it it's takes time it's
0: i think that's the advantage that you had was that you were able to be patient chip away when you could in the meantime you're also building a business of doing side jobs of fixing other people's houses and learning things in the meantime which you're then applying to your house which is kind of cool so just learning the trade that way
1: yeah and then you you meet a lot of people getting into this stuff and people hear your story and then they're interested i was working on my house just random people would walk by and they would and they would have a property that they would say well, what would you give us for our property? So like you wouldn't even, those opportunities wouldn't even present themselves until you, until you got your foot in the door. A
0: hundred percent. And that applies, I think, to everything. Like, exa- like you put yourself out there as someone who kind of knows what they're doing and other things just attract themselves to you. I mean, it's a hundred percent in everything. You started, you got the property, started working on it. In the meantime, you're still living in the house that you had already bought. Right, with the VA. With along. the VA loan. And then eventually finished the property and decided while well, you have a growing family, might as well actually makes, end up ends up making more sense to move into the property that you renovated because there's more bedrooms.
1: And like you said, that allowed us to have a rental property. Instead of selling our house, we, we have a rental property, which is what we want to do in the long run. Whereas some investors just want to buy and sell. We want to buy and hold things until we're retired and possibly pass it on to our kids. Mm -hmm.
0: And in the meantime, you bought a couple other properties as well. Yes. And same thing, find them on Craigslist, or like, how are you getting these deals?
1: The next house that was in complete shambles that we bought was from a wholesaler. I think I just made contact with them because they were like, might have even been Facebook, but I just knew they were a wholesaler, told them what we were interested in, and they started calling us with properties. And I mean, that's an interesting story how we got that place too. Mm -hmm. That's We technically only came off two hundred dollars to buy that property, to get it transferred into our name and it's just interesting how those things can work in real estate. Yeah. Like you can do you can do a lot, but it's a lot of responsibility. Like we we own another property that we have to do something with.
0: Not owe oh, taxes and stuff. Taxes, like that. insurance. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's exciting when I talk to people who want to start to get into investing and they're super pumped because they know the opportunity and it's real as can be. But it's another type of human being to actually take on the work and and continuously, consistently show up and do the hard stuff. And while also having a family to raise and you know also running a business, like you're just getting after it, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's that's amazing.
1: I just don't think that it. It takes it, it doesn't take that much to just have a goal and the amount of time it took me to achieve my goal could could be different than everybody else. It could be if you're if you are financially in a better position than I was, you could possibly do something faster. Or if you're financially were more worse off than I was, you maybe it takes you three or five years to take a house that was in complete shambles and fix it all the way up.
0: That's it. That's the thing is a patience thing. Yeah. Like a lot of people are. At what point do
1: you do most people give up? Yeah. Like before they even started most of the time. So, and it just, it it boils down to just have a point that you're aiming for and.
0: And there's. And and then you adjust. You just decide that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And just be patient with it i mean i think um i can tell you for sure like when i went out to the property and i saw it i was overwhelmed i was i was overwhelmed like oh man
1: i mean most people especially being the first place that i ever touched like that most people would look at it and they're like what are you doing yeah why are you they look at look at me not knowing if that's something that i can do and like ultimately i didn't know if i could do it either but you just do it you just keep on working like you said you just wake up and chip away at it and eventually you get things done certain things in life force you to get things done and that's how you and there's a lot of things looking back that i would do different because hindsight's 2020 for sure there's so much more experience to gain out of the way that i did it than a lot of other ways so like give an
0: example what would you what stands out to you that you would definitely have done different
1: well well i i suppose the main things that could have been done different are being able to to put more people together to help get a, one project done versus I was doing everything by myself. You know, some family and friends coming and helping sometimes, but it was pretty much the whole thing was get it done by yourself. Like you were saying, having the other business, there are some times where it makes more sense for me to be doing something on my business. It pays me more than than painting. But the, that's mainly the biggest thing. And i think about that moving forward with other properties like what is what makes the most sense for me to focus my energy on in the property and what makes the most sense for me to outsource that and use other people who are who have a more keen eye on certain things it's just those kind of things
0: so i just want to break it down very simple on exactly kind of like the course of events and how things came together basically so that people can you know use that blueprint and take it and make it better or whatever Tyler started with a property that he purchased while he was working for a company as a W2 employee, right? Bought it on a VA loan. Took some time, got motivated, wanted to go off and and, you know, be an entrepreneur and, and start investing in real estate, started keeping his ear to the ground on, you know, different deals that were coming up. Also started a business and started doing his own thing. Eventually found a property for super cheap that needed everything done to it. Put a couple grand on it and Get you know, traded a, a motorcycle and a, a camper and acquired a property. His first investment. Took some time to fix it up, get it into good shape, decided eventually that it was gonna be actually better to move in and there's more space for the kids and the family that's growing. Moved into the property that's owned free and clear, put a tenant in the property that he already bought, now making cash flow on that property, then was able to get in such good shape on the new property that he renovated that he was able to pull some equity out to pay everything off, pay himself back, and now have the liquidity to acquire more properties as well. That's like the ideal way to start as a young kid with very little to start with, just to get into the game. Like that's a soup that's huge, man. Like that's amazing. And anybody can do it if you're willing to work your ass off on the long term that's it. You just decide that that's what you're going to do. And that's great.
1: Yeah. And I think like, as far as real estate goes, I think just having chips on the table is just really the most important part about real estate when it comes to equity and being able to pull that money out and then push it into another potential property that can cash flow. Like it's just having chips on the table. So we took a, a house that we lived in and because that was chips on the table, we turned it into a place that cash flows with a tenant. And then we took our property that we own free and clear that we put all this sweat equity into and then we we refinanced all the money out of that chip on the table and now we're pushing that into two more properties like there's just so many different ways you can do it like you were saying the way that i did it the first time was probably the most common way that people buy a house is with a w-2 the bank gives you luckily enough i am a veteran so a hundred percent to buy a property. And so it's from there, once you have chips on the table, where do you go? Do you cash out? Take all your money and go do something else or do you or do you take a little bit and and keep on buying more chips for your table? Right? Which is what we're doing. To just get a a, a loan for a house that you're going to live in, you have to have your budget under control. You have to, you know, you gotta know how much you can afford. How a good much point? How much money are you making from your W Two job? Let's cover basics. I mean that that's like that comes all the way before you yeah. Before anything. Yeah.
0: Let's just cover the absolute bare bone basics to buy your first house. Forget investment property.
1: Yeah, I mean just buying your first house because like that was my foot in the door. That was my foot in the door, and then everything else was creative. Yeah.
0: So bare bone basics. When you're buying a house, there's four components income, credit, assets, and property. Income. We need a two-year history of income. If you don't have a two-year history, then we need to have some sort of college transcripts or you know some something legitimate to cover a two-year history having to do with employment or education or income, right? Um, your income needs to be double, at least double of whatever your liabilities are. So If your liabilities, including the new mortgage with taxes and insurance, is two grand a month, your income needs to be at least four grand a month. Basic, right? Property. Property needs to be able to meet standard conventional or FHA or VA guidelines, meaning you can't have, you know, broken windows or safety hazards or water issues. And that's the thing, too. We knew we were going to run into it when when we were doing the the cash out refinance on the property that he renovated and moved into. We knew there was going to be some things that needed to be touched. And we said, all right, let's see what they call for. Let's just give it a shot. So we got the appraisal done. Sure enough, appraiser came back with a list of bullet points on stuff that needed to be done. And (laughs) within like a few days... Tyler's like, all right, let's do this final inspection. (laughs) I'm thinking, wait, I thought that was going to take like a month, but he busted it out quick and that worked out pretty good. It ended up, we needed an additional foundation inspection, which required another uh, repair, which was fine. Tyler took care of it and we were able to get that done and, and wrapped up. So we were able to get it up to par to government standards like an FHA loan, which is huge. Because he took a property that was in complete disrepair that nobody wanted and got it up to par to where now anybody can buy it if he, just sell, if he decides to sell. You know, next year, whatever the case is, like that takes a lot of work, and uh, that's amazing. So, moving on, we went over income, we went over property credit. As far as credit goes, you want to try to have some uh, trade lines established, like a couple credit cards or student loans or whatever the case is. Something, you know, that's been open for 12 to 24 months um, to establish your credit. Yes, you can go as low as 500 score on FHA and VA, but I would recommend to make your life easier. You want to be at least 580 plus if you can, because if you're going FHA and you're 580 plus, you can do as little as three and a half percent down. Okay. If you're doing VA and you're 580 plus, you can do zero percent down. Uh, If you're below 580 on VA, you're looking at 10% down and same thing on FHA if you're below
1: 580.
0: Right. So, but... To make your life easier you definitely want to be 580 plus if you can if not not the end of the world we can you know run some simulators and let you know what you need to do to get it up last piece would be assets as far as that's concerned we're going to get two months bank statements any large deposits we're going to want to see where it came from we're going to need a paper trail you can get a gift if you're doing fha you can get a gift for the down payment that's fine As far as like NSFs, I mean, if you have a pattern of NSFs on your bank statements, it's going to be a problem. So, you know, four pieces of the puzzle to buy a house, income, credit, assets, and property. If you can get those things in line, you're going to be in good shape. But again, drop any comments below and any questions you have. Again, I'll have a link in the um, description. You can reach out and ask me, you know, whatever you can come up with. I'm happy to communicate with you. Other than that, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't checked out the podcast, uh, check out the Mortgage Guy podcast. Let me know what questions. Yeah. We'll see you soon.